Welcome to the Cultivate Podcast, where each week you will hear topics related to women of faith and entrepreneurship who are cultivating lives of impact that will one day lead to a legacy. My name is Shelley Tyson, and I will be your host each week as we chat with other women who are navigating business, faith, parenthood, and a lot of other topics that relate to building lives that glorify God and serve others abundantly. I hope you enjoy today's episode and are encouraged as you intentionally choose to live a life of impact that will one day lead to a legacy impacting generations to come. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Cultivate Leg Podcast, Cultivate Legacy Podcast. My name is Shelly Tyson. I'm your host, and I am thrilled to be back in season two with you guys talking about some topics that kind of came up in the first season. Y'all showed a lot more interest in these topics and we are diving a little deeper into it now that you kind of have an idea of what cultivating impact and legacy is about. And ultimately that it is truly about us pressing into who Jesus made us to be and being able to reflect in all the areas who he meant for us to be. And I'm excited to introduce to you a new friend of mine, Mary Catherine Tiller. I was introduced to Mary Catherine through another podcast. And at the moment in time, y'all, I didn't even have the Cultivate Legacy podcast, but I knew that one day, if God opened the door for a podcast, Mary Catherine would be a guest. And so this is a full circle moment. I'm thankful that the Lord has connected us. And I am so excited to welcome you to the podcast, Mary Catherine. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to dive dive into this with you. Uh, y'all, Mary Catherine is from East Texas, and she is a busy mama of two, and also they live on a farm with 30 head of cattle. Let's just take a second to think about what that's like. We're going to unpack that a little bit, but Mary Catherine is also a co-founder and writer um, for New Mercies for Moms. And she's a freelance writer for Orphan Outreach and is passionate about mamas in the entrepreneurial space who are really seeking to thrive in the areas that God has created them to thrive in. And Mary Catherine, I would love for you to unpack that a little bit because walk us through a little bit of kind of the journey that God has had you on to get you to this point. Well, I would, if my husband heard you say that about the cattle farming, he would laugh because my total contribution is opening gates to the pastures so that he can go in and do the business with the cows. I love Uh, it. But yes, we do have cows and yeah, it's, I think my passion um, for writing, that's primarily what I do. I'm a writer. Uh, My passion really comes from just my own journey. I feel like the Lord called me to write many years ago. I fought against it for a variety of reasons. And then when I had my son, he's my second, he's now four, but when he was born, I decided to stay home and be with my daughter who was two at the time. And like any sane person with a two-month-old and a two-year-old, I thought, this is the right time to start a blog. And so I did. I started writing about four years ago and um, just realized that I feel very strongly that the Lord called me to write. Um, But I also know that he called me to be a mom and he called me to be a wife and spent the better part of those four years wrestling with how to do that well and came to the conclusion that the only way I could fulfill and thrive in all of those callings at the same time was by connecting to him more deeply and trusting that he would lead me every day to do what needed to be done in every one of those spheres so that I could do it well. And I'm finding as I talk to other women that this is where they are too, that they have callings that God has placed on their lives in the midst of motherhood. And they're looking for a way to do it all well. And I know that there is a way, and I think it starts and ends with Jesus. 
A hundred percent. I, I love that you have, you have said that because I too have experienced through starting cultivate legacy that we're all looking for that, the secret sauce, right? Like we're all looking for, what is that one thing? What is the formula? What is the checklist? What is the course? What is the code? Like, what is it that I can dive into that is going to really create this alignment and we are overcomplicating it in so many ways. And it really is Jesus that it, it, it begins, continues and ends in him. And so as you have gone through this process, what have you really learned about yourself and how you thrive wearing all of these different hats that God has called you to, to wear when you're actually doing it well? What does that look like for you? So I am super ambitious when I ask people what they think, like what words come to mind when they think of me, which is only something weird people do, but I do like to ask my friends that question. Um, ambitious always came up. And at first I felt really ashamed of that. Like I didn't feel like as a Christian woman, I should be ambitious. But what, I, what I've come to understand what that means about me is that I am a big dreamer, uh, that God has just given me this desire to go out and I dive deep into whatever it is he sets in front of me. And so where the rub came in is that I felt like he put three big pools in front of me, like writing and being a wife and being a mother. And I wanted to dive deep into every one of those. And I didn't know how to fully invest in any one of those things. And unfortunately, motherhood felt the hardest for me. I, there's no manual for mothering. <laughs> so I felt the most, um, what's the word, I guess, just insecure in my mothering. And so if I dove deep into my writing, I could really lose myself in that. And to the point where I was putting that before what I needed to do as a mom. And I was not that I was neglecting my children, but I was trying to do a bath, you know, run a bath and jot down notes for my next blog. And I really just needed to focus. And so I think what he has taught me over the years is to wake up every morning and to write out my to-do list, that's good. That's a good thing to do. It helps get organized. But then to surrender that to-do list to him and say, Lord, these are my plans and I'm committing them to you. Would you please help me get done what needs to get done? And would you help me to see the interruptions in my day as part of my important ministry, not as distractions? And, and when I could do those two things, when I could ask him to, to, to guide my steps and to help me welcome interruption, I could go through my day trusting that what needed to get done would get done and what didn't, it would be okay. I would get it done the next day. And that really helped my overachieving mind find some peace and rest. And I could, I could focus on what needed to be focused on without trying to juggle it, if that makes sense. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You're speaking my language. My sister and I often laugh and say we come from a long line of overachievers. For a long time, we use this kind of a crutch to say basically like it's in our genes. It's just kind of what we do. But you're right that there is a way when you're surrendering and having that open handed release every single day to still be ambitious for the things that he has for you in that day. And it may look differently than what's on your list. I love, love, love that example of the pools because that's sometimes how it can feel is that there are so many different ways that we can jump in, especially if we're ambitious and God has called us to be in different areas. What would you say to the woman who says, I have so many pools in front of me that are so deep that I jump in and I cannot find a way to the surface to even get out and go to the next pool. What encouragement would you have to that woman who feels overwhelmed 
by the amount of callings that she feels like she has on her life? That's a great question. I think I would tell her is simply to do what she can. I, this quote keeps coming to mind. My friend Ronnie Rock is a writer and um, an, an author of a book called One Woman Can Change the World. And in it, she wrote, be resolute, stay small, and fill the space you've been given. And it's really that last line, fill the space you've been given, that I come back to time and time again. We may feel called to you know, serving at church and serving on the PTA and doing our our work and being a mother. Um, but a lot of those things are good things, not necessarily our things. And so I guess I would encourage her to really pray and consider what really is hers and what, what she could set aside. Um, and then to just look at the time she has and let that be a guideline for what she does. I think when I think of it in that term, when I've looked back and said, okay, this week I have five hours what can I do in five hours and what, what can I let go of? You know, that has helped me figure out what needs to be done and what doesn't. Mm, that's so good. Because I think a lot of times if you are ambitious, you see all the good things that you could be a part of. And sometimes honestly, things that God has equipped you to be gifted in areas that are not necessarily gifts that he's called you to exercise in that moment. And I think when you become a mother, you recognize that on a very real tangible level, right? Because you realize that that particular role takes so much energy and so much time that there may be other gifts that need to be boxed and shelved for a moment while you are invested in that. And, and I think that is such a good word, kind of a tough love word, honestly, that those may be good things, but are they truly meant for you in that season, in that moment and being honest with yourself, if they aren't, I'm thinking about all of these, these different pools. And I'm thinking when you are particularly an entrepreneur, there are a lot of pools that are good things to get involved in to be able to serve more people with whatever it is that you offer. And one of those things is social media. And I know that that is one thing that is a big topic for you in that that is a wonderful pool, but sometimes you have to get out of that pool for a time. And I know you are in a season of fasting from social media. So can we unpack that a little bit and talk about how did you decide that that was something to kind of box and shell for a moment? And what has it been like to step away from that for a time? Absolutely. Yeah. Social media is fun. It really is. It can be, it should be, if you're doing it right, it should be fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it can feel like work a lot of times and it is right. I think you're right. It's a deep pool that I am convinced is bottomless. And I think we can dive down to it thinking we'll find the bottom at some point. I don't really do. And so somewhere along the way, I learned that I have to determine where the bottom is. I have to draw my own line and say, this is how far I'm going to go in this and no farther. And some of that one, one aspect of that is determining how many platforms I'm going to be a part of. I've decided I'm pretty much on Instagram. And as a, as an entrepreneur, we could be on like seven or eight different platforms. You really, you could spread yourself very thin. So you have to decide that. But talking about the, the break that I took, that's really part of a larger rhythm that I've learned to put in place for myself. So I've got three breaks that I take from social media. And I do this because I want to show up consistently for my reader on social media, and I want to show up with my full self. And in order to do that, 
I also need to step away regularly so that I'm resting. So I created, and I, I read, I've come up with these through reading and listening to other podcasts and other wise people. So this is not new, but I take daily breaks from social media. I take weekly breaks from social media and then I take an annual break. Um, so daily, every night when I get in bed, I, I stop looking at Instagram and I don't look at it again until after I've been with Jesus in the mornings. So that's my daily boundary. My weekly boundary is that I actually uninstall Instagram from my phone every Friday night and I don't reinstall it until Monday. So it's completely off my phone. It's fantastic and I love it. And then the annual break, which is what I'm on right now. I just prayed and asked the Lord, like, can I, I need to take a whole month off at some point. Like, when can I take that? And I was thinking January, I thought it'd be great to offer first month of the year to the Lord and just seek him and get off of social media. But that's really because I write to entrepreneurial women and that's a big kickoff time for the year. So I wanted to be present in that season. So he gave me July. It has worked out really well because my kids are home, obviously, from summer. We go on a lot of our vacations in July. Like, we go on a lot. We went on one. We go on our vacation <laughs> in July. And it's just been a really wonderful to take a break. We just need to unplug sometime and stop hearing everyone's opinions and stop hearing our own voices sometimes. I think I get tired of hearing myself on there. So it's just been really refreshing and just really good. And I think we're afraid to get off because we think we're going to lose momentum or we'll lose followers. And I just looked today and I gained a follower, but it was like, I don't know. I guess I lost one along the way because I'm at the same number I was when I left. So I just, it's not a concern really. I love that too, because you're using social media as being a place for you to create and serve. And in doing so, I'm thinking of the, the analogy of being like a pitcher where you're pouring yourself out. And in order to be able to do that well, you have to be able to refill. And so taking time away is really allowing you to refuel so that when you return, you can serve better. And I think maybe that is where social media becomes fun when you're an entrepreneur and you're wearing other hats is because it's not about consuming for you anymore. It's actually about creating, but in that there have to be boundaries. Yes. And that's, I think that's the key. I think what shifted for me and some people may not be willing to make this shift, but for me, I decided that social media was no longer my personal entertainment. It's a tool for my work and it's a way for me to connect with women, but it's not where I go to unplug. It's not where I go to unwind. It's where I go to work. And that has made a huge difference for me. That, that is a really wise boundary. And I think, especially if you're a mom and you're an entrepreneur at the same time and social media is an aspect of your business treating it like that can be a really healthy boundary line. It may not be for everyone, but it's just definitely something to consider. And I would love for you to unpack this concept a little bit of being a mom and an entrepreneur at the same time, because you mentioned something, I kind of want to go circle back a little bit. You mentioned something about understanding that January was not the wisest time for you to take a break. Have you seen other areas as an entrepreneur and as a mother where you have had to choose one or the other based on more of a strategic like timing element that maybe could be helpful for our audience if they are trying to balance the two and by balance, I mean, create harmony between the two. Yes. Yeah, uh, absolutely. 
I mean, it's, it's no real surprise to us. I think, you know, May is an absolute nutty time as a mom. You've got all the end of the year parties. You've got all the graduations. You've got all the gifts you have to get for the teachers and the things and it's endless. And so I try, I have tried to, um, kind of build up a body of work in April so that I can set my, my work on autopilot a bit in May, knowing that I'll have a bit of a reprieve in June and I can kind of get back into my normal rhythm, but summers are hard too. And every summer that I have been a mom and a writer has looked different. And it has been because I've had to understand where my kids are in their seasons. You know, when they were itty bitty, I really needed to be there every day. Um, as they got a little older, my husband's a teacher, so he's home in the summers. So he could give me a little bit more time in the summers. Um, this summer, I thought I was going to get so much work done because my kids were older. My husband's around like, this is going to be great. It was not great. I did not get much done. <laughs> so I think um, giving myself a lot of grace in the summer seasons. And I think that's why it's so wonderful to actually take a break from work in the middle of the summer because it's, it's just hard. And then at, when they go back to school, September, and the, my kids go back in the middle of August, I plan on hitting it hard at work. Like I am pumped. I am ready. I'm refreshed. I am so excited to get deep into work because they're going to be in school and my, my mom load is going to be lighter and I can dig in. So I think it's just giving yourself the grace to take that time. That's a really good word is the season, recognizing the season that you're in and the ebb and the flow that comes with seasons of motherhood. I think sometimes we think of it as being like one, one season that's going to stretch from birth, you know, until they leave the nest. And the reality is there are rhythms in each one of the seasons and being willing to embrace whatever rhythm you're in, whether it's the infant season or the elementary or middle or high school, Mm -hmm. there are boundaries around those seasons and it's okay. It's a beautiful and there are pros and cons to every season. So that's a great word. What is something that God has really taught you through his faithfulness through all of that? Oh man. I think my favorite thing of this whole journey is just what it has taught me about God and his faithfulness Um, because he has shown up in such huge ways. And he's so patient with me because I am um, headstrong and go-getter. And if I get a whiff of his plan for me, I just run for it. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I gave you one pick, like one piece of the puzzle, Mary Kay, like slow down. But I think what I've seen most is that I don't have to hustle for what it is he's planned for me. I think one of the most gracious things he's taught me over the years is that what he wants is to co-labor with me in this. He wants to do this with me. And that means that I have to slow down and walk with him every day and that he trust and to trust him to open doors. And he has, this podcast is one of those times that he just opened a door for me that I didn't even know I was looking for. And he's done that countless times, Shelly, where he just creates these doors out of walls and allows me to walk through them. And it's not anything I've had to do other than being faithful to show up every day and do the work he's placed in front of me. And I think the world would make us believe that we've got to constantly push ahead and constantly be creating and constantly be making. And I think what the Lord says is do what I've given you today and it's enough and trust that I can take what you've done and, and make it more. And he's been faithful to do that every single time. I'm reminded of the, I think it's second Peter, where he talks about with him, a day is like a thousand years that he is a God that multiplies our time and our energy 
and all those things, which allows us to show up and be faithful and then leave the result to him because he can create doors from walls. Praise him, like praise him that we can co-labor with him. I love that picture of us doing it together instead of him opening the door and saying, good luck, right. <laughs> you know, you know right. good job, go through the door. I, yes. you know, I'm, I'm waving from the sidelines, but he's, he's actually doing it with us. And wow, what an incredible miracle that is. And I'm, I'm curious now on this side of things, if you can look back and maybe if you could go back, what is maybe something that you would tell yourself when you first started your entrepreneurial journey that you think would have helped you do things differently or encouraged you in some way, what would you have told yourself? You know, because I started when the kids were so little, I, I wish someone had sat me down and said, like, you, you don't have to do it all, all mm. at once. <laughs> like, it's okay. You can take your time again, fill the space you've been given and trust that the Lord will expand that space as your bandwidth expands, like as you're sleeping better, as you're able to think, as the kids start, you know, mother's day out and whatnot, like you're going to have more time to do everything. And also that the dreams that are in your head, they're not just yours. They're his dreams that he's given you. You're not crazy. This is what he wants for you to do. And because he's called you to it, he will be faithful to have his plan unfold. I think I thought that God gave me this idea and now it was up to me to make it happen. And what I have learned time and again is that he gave me the idea so that I could have a heads up of like where he's leading me, but he's leading me. He is making it happen and I can just follow him and relax a little bit and have a little more fun with it and not be so crazy, which I think I most definitely was those first few years. I think I was a little bit crazy. <laughs> so, yes, 100%. Um, <laughs> I always like imagine, you know, like a racehorse that's like trying to get out of the stall. And then as soon as the stall is open, you're just, you know, you are off to the races and God is saying, wait a minute, I haven't even like shown you the track yet. Let me just show you the track to run yes. on. Yes. And that's why he, I'm convinced why he doesn't give me the full picture because he gets words out and I'd be halfway down the street and he'd be like, I didn't even tell you like what stop. So uh, he's such a good, good father to like, just show us the next right thing Yes, as we are just faithful and to walk in obedience, just the next right thing. And I'm curious as you've gone through this process, I know you have a couple of freebies that you have found to be helpful. Can you walk us through both of those and then how our audience can get in contact with you maybe to get those from your website? It's just like resources to help us as we are trying to take the next right step for what God has for us. Yes. Yes. I'm so excited to share these. Um, the first one is just a page of encouragement. Um, I know a lot of times I have wondered along the way if my work even matters, you know, in the midst of everything, like, does it even matter that I'm a writer? And so I wrote a blog post and turned it into a freebie called five reasons that your work matters. And so um, that's a printable that you can just print out and hang up in your workspace and read over and remind yourself that there are absolutely good reasons that your work matters and it does absolutely matter. <laughs> and then also I have a, um, a workbook that I've created that's called the five key pockets of time and how to make use of them, how to make them work for you. One of the biggest struggles I had starting out was I would finally have some time to work 
and I would have absolutely no idea what to start doing first. And inevitably I would pick the wrong thing and it would be too much work for too little time and I would get frustrated. And so this workbook identifies five pockets of time that we all have throughout our week. And it gives you ideas of what kind of work is best suited for that amount of time. So it goes from time where your hands might be busy, but your mind is free and what kind of work you can do in that, you know, while you're showering or driving um, or washing the dishes. And then all the way to when you have six to eight hours to yourself, you know, if you manage to take um, a day away to work, what kind of work you should focus on in that pocket. So um, I have found that personally helpful in helping figure out how to make use of the time that I'm away from my family so that I can show up and go home and be a mom fully present and not half with my mind at, at work still. Oh my goodness. How many of us, yes, deal with that of trying to turn it off so that you can be fully present and the freedom that comes when you can totally turn it off. Oh my goodness. That is such a gift. And I know that these resources are going to be so helpful for our audience because they are seeking to thrive in all the areas that God has called them to. And, and what I hear you saying is it is absolutely possible to do that. And it has to do with seasons and rhythms of life, and then being able to categorize those things in such a way so that you can be fully present, wearing all the hats, swimming in all the pools that God has called you to do. Mary Catherine, thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you for your honesty and for sharing these resources that I know are going to be so helpful for our audience. If our audience wants to get in contact with you, how would they best do that? You can visit my website at marycatherinetiller.com or I'm always on Instagram at marycatherinetiller. Except when she's on a break, in which case. <laughs> oh, goodness. Except for July. I'm not there in July. <laughs> Except for July. Well, thank you so much, Mary Catherine, for being here. I can't wait for our audience to get in contact with you. And I am going to go and download these resources right now. Thank you for being with us. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening today. My prayer is that this episode today has encouraged you that wherever you are, wherever God has you walking, whatever season you're in, you can make an impact that will one day lead to a legacy impacting generations to come. If you would like to learn more about Cultivate and how you can continue making an impact in your home and in your business, you can check us out at cultivatelegacy.org or follow us on Instagram at cultivate underscore legacy.